Welcome to the Mavericks and Misfits podcast, where we unapologetically cast aside denominational traditions and refuse to embrace clever church trends so that we can continue to be enlightened and shaped by the beautiful combination of biblical truth and Holy Spirit power. God is still seeking those who worship in spirit and truth. And for those who answer that call, there will often be a sense of being a maverick or misfit who can't quite fit into the status quo Christianity. The Mavericks and Misfits podcast will empower you to find your tribe among others who simply want what is true and what is real in God's kingdom. And now, let's join our host, a self-proclaimed church maverick and ministry misfit, Jeff Lyle. We have all heard the saying, all good things must come to an end. And that may be a little cynical, but I have found it true in my life. And ultimately, it is theologically true because even the best things on planet Earth have an expiration date and a hard stop. But hallelujah, the things in the kingdom do not come to an end. The things that are the best and most important are eternal and everlasting and rooted in the one who is alive forevermore and will never die. And uh, I am happy about that today. I don't know if you're happy today. I am happy today because Jesus has my heart. Jesus has my mind. The Holy Spirit has my will. God the Father has my soul. And uh, I just feel really good about that and make no apologies for it. But along the vein of all good things coming to an end, let me just go ahead and tell you at the onset, today is going to be the last episode concerning spiritual gifts on the Mavericks Misfits podcast. We have been doing this for uh, the majority of time this podcast has been in effect and being released, and we've spent multiple weeks, I don't know how many, probably 13, 14 weeks, talking about spiritual gifts, or at least 13 or 14 episodes. And while I did not highlight every single spiritual gift and go into detail, I do feel like I provided enough food for thought for both those of you who are charismatics, and I've challenged you as I challenge my own heart as a fellow charismatic that I would... um function in the gifts of the Holy Spirit according to the Word of God, that I would not misuse or abuse the gifts, but I would properly use the gifts for the purposes that are expressed in Scripture. And I've challenged all of us from week to week as people that believe in and operate the gifts to do so according to the Scripture, because I believe if we do that, we will bring the Lord much glory and we will also bring benefit to the body of Christ. For those of you who are not operating in the gifts of the Spirit, maybe you're a cessationist or uh, a cautious uh, continuationist, meaning you think it's probably possible the gifts are operative, but you're not experiencing them. Well, I just hope that I've given you enough to challenge you and to say, well, what, what do the Scriptures say? And again, no matter what the subject matter is in this podcast, um, we we continue at Mavericks and Misfits to be committed to really just discovering what does the Bible say and let's operate within the truth that can be objectively known from the written word of God and let's just anchor our lives in that. And when we do that, even things that are subjective, like the gifts of the Holy Spirit and how um, as Jesus taught in John chapter three, the person that operates in the spirit is like the wind. You don't know where that person came from. You don't know where they're going, but you do know that the person operating in the spirit is with you when the spirit is blowing and moving. And so listen, that's subjective. You can't quantify it. You can't measure it. You can't always control it or predict it or harness it in the sense of uh, regulating what God, the spirit is going to do. But um, having said all of that, if we're anchored in the Word of God, we shouldn't be afraid of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so I'm going to finish up today. It's going to be a shorter podcast, I think. Um, I just want to finish up today with some concluding thoughts on the gift of prophecy. Now, uh, my hope is to revisit in a separate topic at a later time 
the issue of healings, uh, physical healings, uh, deliverances, demonic deliverances, deliverances from strongholds. Also want to at some point cover signs and wonders and what constitutes signs and wonders and are they normative today and why don't we see them like we, we desire to. All of that really could fall under the banner of spiritual gifts, but I think the Lord is leading me to just kind of exhale on the gifts after today's episode and pick up a new topic beginning next time. But as we finish off, I do want to just deal with this final thought concerning Uh, the gift of prophecy. If you missed the previous couple of episodes, go back and listen to them because we talk about prophecy. We talk about Old Testament prophecy, New Testament gift of prophecy. We talk about false prophets. We talk about can a true prophet ever get it wrong? So a lot of pertinent, relevant issues have been addressed in previous episodes. But today, I'm just going to go for the basic um, thought of, hey, Jeff, how do I get the gift of prophecy and how do I operate in it? And because you're going to find this very interesting, the Bible doesn't exactly explain that. <laughs> the, the Bible doesn't give a detailed description of how we are to receive the gift of prophecy. And it is listed as a gift, um, just like the gift of tongues and just like the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom and, um, you know, leadership and, and administration and mercy and giving. All of those are gifts, charismata. Greek word, plural, for the gifts of grace, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, um, we're not told specifically step one, step two, step three, and how to acquire spiritual gifts. But let me tell you what we are told. And again, let's let the Bible speak. Famous verse, you've heard it a number of times in this series, and let me read it again. 1 Corinthians 14.1, pursue love, and here we go, earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. That's 1 Corinthians 14, 1. At the end of 1 Corinthians 14, the next to last verse is 1 Corinthians 14, 39. And Paul says this, So my brothers earnestly desire to prophesy. And then he adds, don't forbid speaking in tongues. So here we have the imperative. We are to pursue and desire spiritual gifts and prophecy. The gift of prophecy is vaunted to the top of the list. Now, I'm not going to hazard a guess as to why Paul said that. His own explanation is that because more than any other gift, prophecy builds up the church. And so while I can't spend time today rehearsing the gift of prophecy, I can give you my best biblically informed um, viewpoint on what, what do we do practically to flow in the gift of prophecy? And I can only tell you this based on what I observed in scripture, which is very little objective explanation concerning the gift of prophecy. Very little is written. It is demonstrated in the book of Acts primarily, Um, but it is not explained and we certainly aren't told do these three things and you'll be flowing in prophecy. We're just simply told this, look at the general command, earnestly desire the spiritual gifts and especially that you may prophesy. So let me, let me unpack that. The teaching of first Corinthians 14, one is we should want all spiritual gifts and we should not be indifferent. We should not be ho-hum. We should not be kind of, well, laissez-faire. If I get it, I get it. If I operate in it, I operate in it. No, we're commanded. The authoritative word of God commands all Christians everywhere to not simply desire, 
We're not talking about, I wish I had a gift. It is to earnestly desire. When you earnestly or eagerly or zealously desire something, you go after it. When it's that important to you, you go after it. And so we are told here to do that for all the spiritual gifts, but taking it up a notch, Paul writes under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, but especially desire, especially put your earnestness in desiring the gift of prophecy. And then of course, again, I verse 39 in that same chapter, first Corinthians 14, he says it again, earnestly desire to prophesy. So what does that look like? Because the best I can tell, these are the only instructions about prophecy that we are specifically given outside of the mention in Romans 12, where it says, if you're going to prophesy, you've got to do it according to the measure of faith that you've been granted. So what we've got when it comes to the gift of prophecy is two primary um, pulses. You've got desire inwardly and faith inwardly, and they're both connected to the gift of prophecy. So let's start with desire. What does it look like to desire spiritual gifts? And I'm just going to limit it to prophecy on this one, but you can apply this to all spiritual gifts. What does it look like? Well, I'll tell you from my own testimony. When I became theologically convinced that the gifts of the spirit were available to me as a Christian, and unlike I was taught where I was taught that they weren't available anymore, um, when I recognized that the Bible never teaches that, and that's a man-made doctrine, it's a false doctrine, um, I, I, I said to myself, okay, then the gifts are still in play then the gifts are still available. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are not optional. They're not incidental. They're not a side dish for certain denominations. They're binding. They're important. They're essential. And so I said, oh my goodness. And then I read commands like 1 Corinthians 14. It said, go after it. You have to really, really want the spiritual gifts. And so I went from a cautious awareness that they were available to, I said, okay, this is a command. The Bible gives me lots of commands and I never negotiate any of them. Why would I negotiate this command? It's very simple. It says to earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially prophesying. Okay, Lord, I'm going to do that, but I don't know how to do that. So God, give me the desire for prophecy so that I may desire to prophesy. And literally that's where I began. I acknowledged that it was theologically accurate and genuine. I acknowledge that the gift of prophecy was available to all. And I acknowledge that the command in scripture was for all of us to pursue it. And the only way I know how to pursue anything from a God I can't see is by communicating with him in prayer. And so I began to say to the Lord, this was years and years ago. This would have been, well, it's been probably 20 years ago. And I began to say in late, probably 2000, um, I began to say, God, give me the gifts of the Holy Spirit and Lord, especially let me prophesy. I didn't even know what I was asking for. I did not even know it. And so I just began to pray it over and over. I'd never been around prophecy. I didn't understand prophecy. I, I viewed prophecy as basically foretelling the future is written in scripture. And so when I began to pursue the gift, I found out, okay, well, the gift of prophecy is explained a little bit, but how to receive the gift is not. And so guys, I just humbled myself and I said, Lord, the only way that I know how to receive anything from you is to ask Jesus. You said to ask and it'll be given and to, to seek it and I'll find it and to knock and you'll open the door. And so I began to enter into a season of just constantly, um, daily at least, praying, God, I want this gift. I, I don't really know how to use it, but I want it. And then in the meantime, I was very careful and committed 
to using the gifts I knew I already had. This is a huge point. Use the gifts that you know that you have as you are asking for God to grow you in gifts that you do not have or that you have at a lower level. And so I knew I had the gift of teaching. I knew I had the gift of leadership. I knew I had the gift of generosity or giving. I didn't always have the means to give generously, but I had the, the spirit. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a giver. I just believe in giving. And so as I started maximizing the gifts that I had while I was praying for the gifts that I didn't feel like I had, or at least I didn't know how to use them, an amazing thing happened. In my faithfulness to what I did have, God began to give more of what I didn't have. You know, there's a kingdom principle. Jesus actually taught this. To the one that has, more will be given. To the one that has not, even that which he has will be taken away. And the concept there is stewardship. If you're using wisely what you already have, you're going to be entrusted with more. He that is faithful in that which is least will be faithful in that which is much. He that is unfaithful in that which is least will also be unfaithful in that which is much. So it's the lesser to greater principle. And what what the, the way that works in the kingdom oftentimes is God already knows the level of your faithfulness, but he wants you to know it. And so as you grow in faithfulness to what is already in your hand, God will entrust you with other things in your hand. And so sure enough, as I began to preach and I was praying in tongues, I had the gift of tongues at that time. And, um, I, I really began to enjoy using the gifts I had, but prophecy didn't really begin to flow in me that I was aware of for years. And it, it was important to me. Now, what would happen? And this is, this is beneficial, especially for me as a preacher, is I would realize as I'm preaching, I would begin to recognize, oh, that wasn't in my notes. I don't know where that came from, but you can feel it land in the hearts of the people that you're talking to. So you start growing in this awareness. Oh, the Lord just spoke through me. Oh, God just deposited that. That was, there was something on that. I didn't have vocabulary to describe it at the time, but I knew that God was doing more in me than just teaching words from the pages of my Bible. I knew that there was a touch on it and anointing on it. There was, and then I would get feedback from people and they would tell me, well, God spoke to me in this part of your message and so on. And then it would move from outside of the pulpit into conversations where I would be doing counseling and I would get a word of knowledge or a prophetic revelation. Now I call it that now, but at the time I had no vocabulary for it. I would just suddenly become aware that I knew something. And I would suddenly become aware that I was supposed to speak something into somebody's life. And I began to risk it. That's the faith measure. That's the Romans 12 exhortation. Don't prophesy above the level of your faith. What does that mean? Don't fake it. Don't just say 500 things that you hope some of them will stick prophetically. That is sloppy. That's irresponsible. And that's immature. That's not how we prophesy. That's how the church has lost a lot of credibility because of a overabundance of, of supposedly prophetic words and they're really nothing more than educated guesses and people are like well I got half of it right and and they expect us to forget the fact that they got the other half wrong that we don't do that I, I got sidetracked there for a second but my point being is this be faithful what you have if you have the gift of mercy use the gift of mercy and through your faithful use of the gift of mercy as you're pursuing prophecy, God will actually give you the gift of prophecy and it will attach itself to your gift of mercy. So the prophetic words you give are going to carry the mercy of God on them. 
into people's lives. If you've got a leadership gifting, lead humbly, lead with a, lead with a servant mindset, lead like Jesus led. And suddenly what you're going to find out is as you're faithfully executing your leadership, whether it's in your business, in your family, in your school, wherever you are, listen, you should know if you have a leadership anointing, people will be gravitating to you and following you. And as you steward that well, and you're pursuing prophecy, God's going to entrust you to speak prophetically into those that you're leading. It's an amazing thing, and there's there's no off limits. There's no place where you can't use that gift. Um, if you're a generous giver, listen. Some of you are blessed, and you got money, and and you're sowing it into the kingdom. As you're being faithful and generous with what you already have, what's going to happen as you're pursuing prophecy? God's going to prophetically show you where you can not only give your money generously, but you can give your prophetic gifting generously. You can speak into the very things that you're sowing financially into. And so prophecy attaches itself. But listen, the, the, the flow of the gift of prophecy never really rises above um, your, your pursuit, your passion for it. I think that's a very important issue that we, we're just, a lot of people are just waiting on God to, to do it for them. And that is not the way it works in the kingdom. It's just not. We have to, um, you know, we have to come to the place where we are partnering with the Lord, that we're risking it. Listen, if you're ever going to prophesy, you're going to have to open your mouth and say what you feel the Lord has put on your heart. You're going to have to risk getting it wrong. I'm telling you, there have been probably more times than not when I give a prophetic word, I have a tremble on me saying, I'm about to release something. I need to be wise in how I'm going to do it. God help me to let this prophetic word be accurate. But if I'm really going to flow in the gift, and I really want to encourage you, especially those of you that have experienced prophetic flows before, but maybe the well seems to be dried up. Do you remember what Paul um, wrote in 2 Timothy 1.6? I... I He's writing, Paul is writing Timothy, who's a pastor, and Timothy seems to be a little timid, a little reluctant to use the gifts that he's been given. And Paul kind of continually seems to light a fire under Timothy saying, hey, boy, get with it. But he says in first, uh, excuse me, second Timothy one six, he said this, he said, for this reason, I remind you, Timothy, to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. I mean, that's a pretty important thing that God's word tells the person who has the gift to keep that gift flaming, to keep it fanned into flame. That means you have to use it. It's like a muscle. If you don't use a muscle, it gets weaker, it gets flabby, and eventually it can even produce an injury. And so when you're talking about the gift of prophecy, you're constantly asking God to increase this gift in your life. One of the things that I've committed to do in the last, since I started this podcast series on the spiritual gifts, I realized through teaching through this that I have been negligent and asking the Lord to continue to increase gifting in my life because you get satisfied. You're like, well, I'm flowing in this and I'm flowing this and this is profitable and this is fruitful. And we forget that there's always a higher level. There's always a greater clarity. There's always a more power packed punch that you can actually operate in for the glory of Jesus and for the good of others. But if you get lazy, you just start saying, well, I'll just operate out of my gifting and what's what I've had in the past month or year has been fine. So I got deeply convicted um, during this series. And so what have I been doing? Well, I've, I've gone back to square one. I'm saying, God, thank you for what I've been able to experience. Thank you for what I've been able to do. Thank you for the gifts that you've given. But Lord, increase them. Lord, increase my prayer language and praying in tongues. 
Lord, give me the gift of interpretation of tongues. I've been praying that because I want the gift of interpretation, which I've, I've, I don't think I've used, but maybe twice in my whole life. And then especially I've been saying, God, I need two things. I need prophetic gifting to be elevated. I fan it into flame, Lord, and I need faith because faith is mentioned as a gift of the spirit. So why am I saying all of this? Because I, I want you to listen and I want you to make this applicable to your own life. You have to desire the gifts. People all the time tell me, not all the time, but they have in the past, Jeff, I've been a Christian for 20 years. I've never spoken in tongues. I've never prophesied. I've never had a word of knowledge. I've never seen a miracle. I've never been involved in a healing. I don't know why you're making such a big deal out of that. I'm living my Christian life and it's awesome, but I don't believe in that stuff. I've never experienced any of that stuff. And I always like to just put up a stop sign. I said, do, do you know why you've never experienced it? It's because you don't believe in it. And if you don't believe in it, you won't obey the scripture that says to earnestly desire it and seek it, especially that you may prophesy. So people are, are, are coming up with the reasoning of these things can't be real because I haven't experienced them. And I would just always flip it. I'll say, maybe you haven't experienced them because you don't believe they're real. And matter of fact, I withdraw the maybe out of that statement. It's exactly why people aren't experiencing the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's because they don't pursue it. They don't obey the command that can be understood because they don't want to give themselves to the gifts that can't be fully understood. The command is simple. Pursue spiritual gifts and earnestly desire them, especially that you may prophesy. I mean, you'd have to hire a team of attorneys to confuse you about that. That is plain and simple what it says. And so people don't desire the gifts. Therefore, they don't pray for the gifts. They don't pursue the gifts. And they wonder, what's the big deal about the gifts? I don't have any. And guys, I'm just telling you, especially for those of you that are just at the beginning steps of what it means to grow in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, this is the word for you. The word of the Lord for you is start where the Bible starts. Earnestly desire them. Your life will begin to shape itself around what your greatest desires are. And so um, I, if, if the Bible magnifies that the gifts are important and the Bible commands me to make them important in my life and the Bible commands me to prioritize them and pursue them, then I don't need to pray about it. I just need to do it. I just don't pray whether or not that's right or wrong. It's right there in the Bible whether that's for me or not for me because my denomination doesn't believe in that or my pastor doesn't believe in it or my parents don't believe in it or so on. No, listen, what does the Bible say? The Bible says to desire them to pursue them. So do it and keep doing it. You say, well, Jeff, well, how long do I do it for? Until they manifest in your life, hallelujah. And when they begin to manifest in your life, you're going to know that the God of heaven has begun to partner with you according to your desire. And then comes the beautiful part. We grow in our ability and wisdom to use the gifts. We grow. Nobody is super spiritual and they understand everything and they flow perfectly from day one. We grow in our skill. We grow in our understanding. And that is connected to our consecration. It's connected to how much of the word of God is at work in us. It's connected to our relationships. Listen, you can't flow in the spirit if your human relationships are all jacked up and sideways and filled with bitterness and fear and animosity. It's, you're not going to flow in the spirit that way. And so one of the ways I know when I'm, I've gotten sideways with the Lord on anything is when the sense of his presence and the sense of his power goes missing, goes MIA on me for 24 hours, 
I'm like, okay, what's going wrong here? And I, I, I'll ask the Holy Spirit, search my heart. And, and inevitably, the Holy Spirit will show me, Jeff, you said something unkind. Uh, Jeff, you entertained a selfish thought. Uh, Jeff, you acted independently of me. Jeff, you were disobedient in this area. And what happens is I realize, oh man, I can't flow in the Holy Spirit if I'm not submitted to the Holy Spirit. And I can't say that I'm submitted to the Holy Spirit if I'm letting my human relationships get out of whack. And so all of this stuff, guys, is integrated. It's tied in together. That the gifts of the Spirit are not just some kind of tool in your tool belt. They are literally an outflow of what God is doing in your heart and what you're welcoming to do. And so in summary, I'll just say this. Get into a place of quietness every single day, every day. I'm not saying an hour or two hours. I'm saying part of your daily approach to the Lord is the discipline of saying, Lord, I cannot minister in my own power. I cannot minister according to my own wisdom. My skills, my education, my experience are not sufficient to bring you glory. I confess that I cannot lean to my own understanding. And Lord, I obey the command in 1 Corinthians 14 to earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that I may prophesy. So Lord, I welcome all of the spiritual gifts into my life at new levels. And Lord, I especially ask you to give me the prophetic gifting that you want to give all of your children and help me to have the wisdom to use it. And friends, you pray along those lines until it begins to manifest. People want to know how long. Let me just be bold with you. Well, how long is too long? How long do we obey? How long do we give ourselves to obey? We obey in perpetuity. A big $3 word that just means you keep on obeying. You keep going after it, son. You keep going after it, daughter. You keep saying, Lord, if this is available and it's important to your heart, then I make it important to my heart and I choose to pursue the spiritual gifts. So I hope this series has been encouraging and helpful. I, I want you to know it's it's out there. I would encourage you if you haven't listened to all of it, not because I need you to listen to me. Listen, I've recorded them and then I move on, but they're out there and they're there for your edification. Share them with people. I mean, listen, if you've got people in your life that don't believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, just share these episodes with them and say, hey, listen to this dude. See if you disagree. See if he's mishandling the word of God or see if he's being true to the word of God. Because to the best of my knowledge and the best of my humbled ability, I am trying to say what the Bible says about these things and then to give you the freedom to choose what you want to do with it. And so thanks for tuning in. Now, listen, I don't know what we're going to do next, so just keep tuning in to Mavericks and Misfits. It will be so helpful to me if you would um, share um, this podcast with friends and family, if you would rate and review this podcast on iTunes or wherever you're listening to it. Um, I, I don't want to get on the details about how it works, but that gives us what we call a broader digital footprint. It's what all the techies will, will tell you, that the more rates and reviews and shares you get, the more opportunity you have to reach people. And I really, that's my goal. My goal is to reach people with kingdom truth. And you can help me by taking 60 seconds and giving us a rating and a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. And then I want to point you to our main website, which is transformingtruth.org 
transformingtruth.org is our main website and you can find there a ton of free resources most of them video to help you in your in your journey with Jesus you can uh, subscribe to the blog there my social media links are there at transformingtruth.org and um, you can you can just avail yourself of those things also I want to let you know if you want to email me directly you can do so at jeff j-e-f-f at maverickmisfit.com maverick Misfit. Both of those are singular. Maverickmisfit.com. Email me there, Jeff at Maverickmisfit.com, and send me ideas or questions, and you might even make it onto the air with it. And so we'd love to hear from you. Let us know how God is using this in your life. All right, my time's gone. Thanks for tuning in today, and we will be back soon with another episode of Mavericks and Misfits that will help you in your journey with Jesus. See you later. To connect with Jeff, Visit MaverickMisfit.com, where you'll find all his social media links, video resources, his book, Figuring It Out As I Go, and his weekly Transforming Truth blog.